Welcome to Classroom Success 101 Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Roos, the Hardcore Behaviorist, and I'm here to help you overcome those problems you're experiencing every day. You're listening to a master audio class, so put your positive thinking caps on and get ready for another lesson on how to achieve greatness within your classroom. For show notes, make sure you check out our website at hardcorebehaviors.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at Hardcore Behaviors. Also, make sure you check out our Hardcore Behaviors Teacher Pay Teacher Store for our helpful digital downloads. And join our Facebook group, Educators United, to help education continue to thrive during these tough times we are facing when schools are closed throughout the country due to the coronavirus. By joining Educators United, we encourage you to upload free online educational resources to help educate our students from a distance. Welcome to another episode of Classroom Success 101. Today we have a guest speaker, Laura Elisiak. And she is here to talk to us about functional communication training and preventing escape uh, maintained behaviors. So, Laura, introduce yourself. All right. Thanks for having me. Um, Hi, everyone. I have been teaching for nine years, um, and about four of them have been in the behavior world. I am a BCBA, so after school I work with clients, and then I'm a special special education teacher full-time. Um, for our district's elementary school behavior program. Um, and I've grades two through five in my class. Okay. Um, uh, so do you, are you in your behavior program? Are you doing uh, more like um, where the kids are like within the classroom or is it more self-contained? Yeah. So it is a self-contained program. Okay. Um, it's just typically, it's more restrictive than, you know, a typical self-contained so if students are having difficulties with their behaviors in another setting, uh, you know, they might come to me if, oh, okay. you know, our level of support is needed. Is there, is there a, uh, another level of support on your campus that's kind of um, more in the class? And, and the reason why I'm asking is because I'm, I'm real curious um, as I talk to more and more people in the field across, um, you know, the United States, I just I, sometimes I, I think, we need to have separate, um, you know, units in the fact of sometimes I feel like um, behavior teachers end up doing kind of both. And it's, mm-hmm. it's very hard to run those programs um, thoroughly when, you know, in my opinion, I just feel like when you're, you're working on a self-contained unit and then you're also trying to get uh, kids um, within the classroom. And it's, I just think, uh, in my opinion, I feel like we need to separate those two to really, um, you know, make those programs a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just kind of curious, do y'all have like a, a, a an area where you do have kids that are within the classroom or do they, do they just start out with self-containment? Um, it kind of depends. I mean, we, our district does offer a lot of different programs, which is nice. So we have in-class support, we have resource room self-contained, then we have a functional program, and then our behavior program. Okay. Um, so, of course, with, le- with least restrictive environment, 
we don't often start in my room. We try to see if the behaviors can be managed within in one of the other settings. And if, you know, if they can't be successful in there and they need heavier support, then they'll uh, come to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know one of the big key uh, things that I know probably for several listeners out there is, uh, you know, self-containment. I know when we were looking at that within our district, one of the things that um, we were having a pretty very difficult time or, you know, struggling with was trying to figure out what students, you know, what, what was the uh, criteria to, to mm-hmm. become self-contained? What, what was it that the, the, the regular gen ed classroom had to try before we ended up, you know, putting them self-contained um, and then trying to work them out into the regular classroom? Was there any kind of specifics that y'all kind of do on that end? Um, um, yeah, so we have uh, we have a couple different supports that can help teachers. So we have an INRS team, uh, which I'm a part of, and we will help teachers with either academic or behavioral needs. Um, and of course, our goal is to just provide support and strategies to keep them in those settings. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have student support coordinators. That's, that position started a few years ago, and it's one per grade level. Okay. Um, and they can, you know, they work with on the grade level to provide supports before it even comes to INRS. Um, okay. But if we have students with, you know, really extreme behaviors, they often will get, um, they'll, they will often need more support. So either uh, I'll try to go support them or someone else from the team, um, you know, someone from the child study team or guidance department. And... If they go to a regular self-contained, they might have, you know, some some typical behaviors that can be managed, and they also might struggle academically. Um, if it does end up that they come to me, um, it typically means they might be displaying behaviors like eloping or aggression, um, you know, property destruction, things of that nature. And my room is kind of set up to support okay. those behaviors. So okay, because um, I noticed I know on some of the the content that I produce out there that I put out there I think there's a lot of uh, people that kind of get interested more in some of the very uh, physical aggressive behaviors because mm-hmm. um, I think that is a big um, piece that a lot of the teachers out there are struggling with um, and you know you know with some of the things that you're doing in the field um, I, I think maybe we can talk about that a little bit of that today as well um, for teachers that are struggling, what are, what are some things out there that y'all tend to do with some of this um, physical aggressive behavior? Um, so I will say it's definitely, you know, one of the hardest parts of our job. Um, mm-hmm. I think my number one tip would be you can't take it personal, mm-hmm. right? You have to remember that these behaviors have gotten these kids to something that you know it's gotten them where they wanted to be in the past it's been reinforced if it keeps happening exactly um you know so we want to make sure that we are teaching them appropriate replacement behaviors to reduce you know those aggressive behaviors or unsafe behaviors um and then i think just setting your classroom up you know for success so if you have a student who might get upset and throw items you want to eliminate the items that can be thrown right Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) exactly because uh you definitely want to protect yourself and others on that end right so um but uh i I know working with some of the 
you know, severe cases over the years that we've worked with, um, physical aggression has popped up and um, it's one of those uh, things that I think, you know, all people around the, I don't know about around the world, I'm sure it's around the world. Um, I just know most of the people in the um, that are in the education setting in the United States are, are, are dealing with these types of behaviors um, mm-hmm. within their schools. And uh, a lot of times it's, it's, I mean, that was one of the big things with us is when we had severe physical aggressive behaviors, that was a direct indicator that um, we, we had to start pushing towards more self-containment because it okay. wasn't, it wasn't like a, uh, you know, like a physical aggressive behavior that, happened like once or twice it was something that was happening like all the time so right um you know that was one of our indicators our go-tos that you know maybe we need to start looking at uh physical aggressive or or, i mean self-containment and then uh the other thing with it was where a kid just was out of the class so much due to the behavior problems that they just weren't getting educated Mm mm-hmm so I know those are top two, but uh, you, you today you wanted to talk about uh, five uh, interventions um, that you were really your go-to. So let's kind of talk on those. Okay. Um, so I wanted to talk about escape because it's so present in our schools, right? Mm-hmm. Kids are constantly prevented with non-preferred tasks or demands. Uh-huh. Uh, there's so many transitions from preferred to less preferred. And there's a lot of activities or tasks that, as adults, we wouldn't find aversive, but kids still might. So that's important to keep in mind. You know, like things like assemblies, recess, going to lunch. We might perceive them as being fun events for the kids, but that's not always the case. Exactly. Um, So one main strategy that we use is functional communication training. Okay. Um, And this is when we're going to teach an appropriate behavior to replace a challenging behavior. Okay. Um. And with this, it's really important to remember behavior is communication, right? So Mm -hmm. if they're demonstrating problem behavior, whether it's just refusal or calling out, whether it's aggression or elopement, we know that, number one, these behaviors have been reinforced, like we said earlier. Um, In the past, it's gotten the student what they needed uh, or gotten them out of what they needed, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, number two, they need to be taught these replacement behaviors to get what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, And... A lot, of these be- a lot of these strategies that we're going to talk about, we know that the kids know how to do it, but if they're continuously showing these behaviors, they're not doing it. So we need to reteach them. Um, so with functional communication training, the three main things that I always will start with teaching the kids are teaching them to ask for help, teaching them to ask for a break, and teaching them to simply say, I don't want to do this. Okay. Um, so when they are asking for help, we want to make sure we're not doing the assignment for them, right? I have seen, you know, both parents and teachers kind of get in the habit of, okay, they asked for help and I, I basically did it for them and now I'm stuck, yeah. right? So we want to make sure we're giving them assistance, but we're not doing it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're talking about asking for a break, at first, if the kids ask for a break, we're just going to grant that. And then later, you can put more demands in place prior to them being able to go take their break. Um, And then just by saying, I don't want to do this, right? So if you have a student who every time you give him, I don't know, let's say his spelling book, he throws it, he flips his desk, he curses at you, whatever the case is, 
Instead, we're going to teach him to just say, I don't want to do this. Okay. Yeah. And in the very beginning, we're going to remove that task from him. Um, now, this would look a little bit different in various settings. Like in, in a typical gen ed setting, of course, you're not going to probably be able to do that, right? Completely remove it. But you can kind of do different variations of it depending on where you are. Yeah. Um, we often use assignment passes. And the assignment passes, if the kid can either hold it up or they can just say, I want to use an assignment pass. Um, and that means they will do, you know, another set of activities during that time. And then we gradually would fade that out. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, either they have to earn the assignment pass or it's just not available. Um, it's really important to remember to meet the students where they are. So even if you have students who have, who are completely capable of speaking, you still might want to provide them with cards that are, you know, that say break cards, mm -hmm. help cards, assignment passes, um, for those moments where either they can't or they won't use their words. Um, and then in that moment, if the student does, let's say, hold up the break card, you would still praise for using their words. You know, you'd say, oh, thanks for letting me know you needed a break. Yeah. Um, and these cards can be available all year. It's just another way for the student to communicate appropriately what they need, right, instead of showing those uh, problem behaviors. And, and, this, and this is really important because especially, especially when and, – and this is where I, I think um, some – some people out there might be like, what? You're going to teach them to say, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, when, when you're dealing with a physical aggressive behavior, especially when they're throwing papers or they're throwing notebooks, um, the words, I don't want to do this is a lot more safer than the physical aggressive behavior. So exactly. It's 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 a slow change, and this is why um, we always talk about you know behavior change is going to take time. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And um, you know, this is this is where sometimes it's I think sometimes teachers think the students should when they come to them they should already know this stuff, but there's there's students out there that 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 are struggling in these areas and right. this is why you know we have to provide those supports for those students mm -hmm. um, otherwise you know it's it's going to be a constant struggle and you know what's the very first thing when a, a student basically throws a notebook or or you know gets mad and 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 does some kind of physical aggressive act the, the teacher's like get on out of here and if yep. you get a bunch of that what happens then, you know? <laughs> we, exactly. They learn what to do every time. <laughs> exactly. So then that behavior becomes more uh, intense. Um, and, um, you know, it, 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 then it, you know, it's a struggle for the person that's having to decrease that behavior, you know? Right. So um, that's one of the things that it's, it's, this is the reason why we have to teach these skills. Mm -hmm. So, um, otherwise, I mean, it becomes major, major issues if we constantly, um, you know, reinforce those behaviors. So, right. Um, yep. And these, be this, you know, functional communication training can really be used in any setting. It doesn't just have to be, um, you know, in an autism room or in a behavior room. Really, it can be used Anytime you have challenging behavior, we just want to teach the student to tell us what they need, right? Or, mm -hmm. or what they want in that moment. Yeah. Um, 
So the other, uh, another great strategy is giving choices. Um, and one thing I notice when I talk to people at giving choices is typically they're saying, okay, I'm giving choices and they'll give me an example and it's a positive and a negative. Okay. If we are trying to prevent escape maintained behaviors, though, those types of choices are not necessarily going to be as effective as offering two options that will make the task or activity that the kids are dreading more enjoyable. Um, so we want to offer those two, you know, two, di- two different options okay. that will both get the task done or the activity completed. Um, it's just really giving the kids control. Yeah. Um, Can you give a, an example on something that you, you've done in the past um, in that type of area? Yes. We give choices all day long, and we will even give so many choices that people will look at us. Like if they're passing us in the hallway and they're like, are you kidding me? But listen, it's getting us where we need to go. So we're going to stick with it. So some types of choices you might give or are this or that. So you might say, hey, do you want to write this with a pencil or pen? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how to do it. Do you want to walk fast or slow to the office? Yeah. Um, if you have multiple adults around you, you can say, who will help? Do you want to read with me or Miss Q? Yeah. You know, um, when do you want to do it? So you could say, do you want to practice? practice your math facts before or after your worksheet. Um, so really, really simple choices, but by giving them as many as you can during the day, they're going to have less motivation to escape. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you're giving that control back to the students, right? Because I don't, if I just want to go to the office, I don't care if they're walking fast or slow. Yeah. Right. Either way we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we start almost every single task in our room, and again, I know this would look a little different in a gen ed setting, but if you do have those kids who are constantly um, disrupting or acting out, this would be a good way to start um, just to get them going with their work. Like you could say, hey, do you want me to sit on your left or right? Mm-hmm. Who do you want to get your pencil, me or you? You know, they often love bossing us around or feeling like they're bossing us around. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I yeah, like that. it works really well. Um, Especially if you have, you know, if you're working with a student and you're kind of on the fence, like, which way is this going to go? I'll often say, hey, your pencil's, you know, at the back table. Do you want to get it or should I? And then I'll kind of say something silly like, man, I hope you don't pick me. I'm really tired today. And usually their face will light up and they're like, nope, you're getting it, you know. Um, And then I can give praise, right? I can say, oh, my gosh, thanks so much for, you know letting me know. Thanks for communicating with me. And then usually things will kind of turn around from there. Um, you can say, you know, do you want to write your name or date? Really just as many choices as you can give um, will, you know, help to prevent those, those problem behaviors before you start a task. Um, we will even do it, you know, walking down the hallway. Like I said, let's say we're heading to uh, an assembly, and sometimes the assemblies can be loud and overwhelming, right? Not everyone likes them. I might even just say, like, hey, do you want to walk on my right or my left? Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. So it's just kind of making whatever the task or activity or demand is a little more enjoyable or attainable. Yeah. Um, and the more choices you can give, you know, the better. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's trying to get them to start. I mean, it's, it's – uh, uh, my thing with it is if they, you know, we always, we always tell teachers, you know, if the, if they, if they at least did one problem, that's better than them not doing nothing. Right. Know? So, um, and, and, 
you know, I, I think the frustration comes into the the piece where it's like, well, they're still not getting anything done. It's like, yes, they are. It's just taking a lot more time than, um, you know, what you're expecting them to get it done. So, right. Um, but this is, again, this goes back to the same thing. This is why, um, you know, when we're trying to change behavior, it, it, it requires a lot of patience and, and the interventions, you know, take time. So, mm-hmm. But that, I, that's a, we do, the choices are an awesome um, intervention that I think, um, you know, it, it's something that you can get so good at that it's like, it's not one of those things like where a teacher, or we go into the classroom and say, well, here's an intervention you need to run. The choices could be, you know, in my opinion, it, it's just something that is a common language almost, you know? Right. Yeah. And a lot of these strategies are really, they don't have to be specific interventions for students. Mm-hmm. I would almost say they're more management strategies, you know, mm-hmm. and the more you can infuse these in your room all day, the less you'll need these intense behavior plans. Yeah. Um, you know, because you're doing everything to prevent the behaviors. And yeah. yeah, we give so many choices all day. Sometimes our kids will even start offering choices, <laughs> which is, it's so, it's really cute when that happens, but you know, they'll have the pencil box or something and they'll say like, do you want to pass these out or should I? And it yeah. always makes us laugh. But, <laughs> um, they're starting to learn. You know, they're learning. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well. Um, so another strategy that is helpful is uh, using non-contingent reinforcement. So this could, would be providing breaks on a timed schedule. So non-contingent reinforcement means it is not based on a behavior or okay. needing to be earned. You're going to do it on a timed schedule. Okay. Um, so basically you're going to keep providing this on an ongoing basis to prevent the problem behavior. Um, okay. I set up a break schedule for... Uh, either a gen ed classroom or an in-class support classroom, but you know, a large, there was 25 to 30 kids in there. And uh, we set the break up for every hour, no matter what they were doing every hour, they got a break. Um, And for one room, we set it up where the kids could choose their type of break. Um, So either a quiet break an exercise break or a free time break. Um, In another room, we set that up. But the breaks were kind of already preset. So maybe 10 a.m. was a quiet break where they could lay down, put their heads down for a few minutes. Maybe 11 a.m. was an exercise break. And then 12, they could have free time. Um, So you can kind of be flexible with what your breaks look like. Mm -hmm. But by providing those, um, you know, it can be really helpful for kids. I mean, think about if we are sitting in in a long meeting, right? We're allowed to get up and go take a break pretty much as adults whenever we want. So now we're just doing it in a more structured way. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's, I mean, breaks would be even for the, the secondary teachers out there. I I think of even providing some kind of break within the classroom. I mean, I I can tell you right now working secondary kids like to talk. Mm -hmm. It is that they like to socialize and, and it's like, you don't even have to really do a, uh, a reinforcement survey with them. I mean, it, it's loud and clear yeah. what they like <laughs> to do. They like to eat and they like to talk. I was so, just going to say that. Yep. <laughs> and so it's like, I mean, the more you're talking, I'm like, oh man, it's like, uh, like, I'm just thinking of things that I could do in my classroom now that, um, you know, it's, it's like, 
you know, I sit down, we, we, we understand all these things. And, um, this is, this is why I like doing this is because, you know, we get to, I, I get to talk to, uh, different people out there that, that are in the, in the business and they're, they're doing things with their classrooms and it, it, you know, doing this basically strikes up ideas of what you can do within your classroom to make it better. You know, I, I feel mm-hmm. like classroom management and trying to provide behavior intervention supports is a, an ongoing thing um, that you, you got to constantly, you know, work on. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, not every intervention is going to be uh, as effective or effective for, you know, different students. I mean, right. it's just something there. So I, I definitely, that's awesome the breaks um and you know it's 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 anybody can do that within their classroom right yeah and like you said these breaks don't have to be this this big thing right it could be talking like you said um one of the middle school teachers i worked with over the summer just said oh so i could just give my kids a break for five minutes they can just talk Mm -hmm. in the beginning of class and i was like yeah (laughs) if they're going to be talking over your lesson anyway you might as well do it in a structured way well, what, you know, <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing is, is like, if not, then they're going to talk anyways. And then you're right. going to be wasting all this time trying to um, get your class together. And, and guess what? You're losing. I mean, it's it's it, I've been there. I, you know, mm-hmm. there's days where you lose. And it's like what when the days that you lose is, OK, how do I fail forward? I'm failing right now. What is the answer to be able to? Um, you know, clean slate, let's try again and, and go from there. I mean, it's, right. it, it's one of those things because I think what we tend to do is we get negative and, and then we just get in this negative mindset where we just want to give up. So, um, but this is uh, great information. Um, hopefully this also strikes up and, 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 and helps people out there as well. Um, because it, it's just like just talking to you about breaks. I'm like, I'm thinking uh, on my classroom, what can I do? I mean, my kids like to eat and they like to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's just going in and it's like, okay, I, I know I got to teach a lesson, but, um, you know, what can I do instead of having to redirect all the time and, and, and trying to, um, you know, tr- just getting frustrated you know, just providing that break for them is, mm-hmm. is one of those things. So, and something it. else you can do with that. Um, so, say because you're going to going to also have to teach them to then transition back, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So something you could do is let's say, all right, guys, you have five minutes. You know, when five, when this timer goes off, here's what I expect. You know, sitting back down, putting stuff away, whatever the case is. And yeah. what you could do if you know, at first, if a majority of the class follows that direction, you could say something like, wow, everyone did that great job. You just earned an extra minute. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then keep kind of doing that. And so you don't have to provide the extra minute, but they're learning, oh, you know, if I do the right thing, I'm getting my break. Sometimes I'm going to get even more time. Um, that'll help to shape that transition behavior to get back on task. Yeah. Um, no, and, right. and, and that's awesome. I, I love that. I mean, that's. That is something that I feel like any teacher can do. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, especially when, I, you know, in my more, I know with secondary, most of the time it's 45-minute time period. So, you know, one of the biggest struggles is trying to 
figure out how to like time manage that 45 minutes and it's it's like okay if i do a warm-up i I need to do like five minutes because i'm trying to take roll i'm trying to give them an activity and then you know you teach your lesson and it's like then it it, like with the 45 minute time periods or maybe maybe it's an hour hour and 20 i mean you gotta realize it's not a whole lot of time no i'm sure it flies by i mean it's not like you're gonna load them up with two two weeks worth of work so right uh, the breaks are awesome. All right. Um, so I, I just have two more okay. um, kind of suggestions. Um, okay. One of them is real quick. It's just environmental enrichment. Uh, we want escape to lose its value, right? We want students to enjoy being in our presence and in our classroom. Okay. Um, so building that rapport is one of the easiest way to make your environment important to the student. Um, if you don't have a connection with your kids, you're often you're going to have a very hard time changing their behavior. Yeah, I um, bet. and that's in any setting, exactly. you know. Um, so building that rapport is super important. And then uh, the last strategy I wanted to kind of talk about was modifying the task demands. Okay. Um, so when we're doing this, our goal is to show we want to show the student it's much easier to just complete this or follow the direction rather than act inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, so reduce the effort required and we're going to use shaping. Um, so when we're using shaping, I like to just think of it as baby steps, right? So we want to meet okay. the student where they are. Um, and we want to present the demand at the lowest level of difficulty that doesn't cause problem behavior. So let's say, uh, some students, maybe a student can read three pages for reading before they start to demonstrate those problem behaviors. Um, we're going to start at two or three and that's going to be the maximum requirement. And then we're gradually going to build onto that until we get to whatever the goal is. Maybe they have to read 15 pages at a time, whatever it is. Um, some behaviors, you know, for some kids, it's more extreme. Um, sometimes just the presence of a notebook and pencil might be enough to kind of, you know, evoke those problem behaviors. Um, yeah. so you're going to, again, just meet the kids where they are, uh, with shaping, like you've said a bunch of times tonight, it's, it's so important to take your time and be patient. Um, mm-hmm. but this is one of the, you know, this is so important to, to use in your classroom because you'll really see growth. It, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but if it's done correctly and it's done consistently, you'll see progress with it. Um, yeah. another way to reduce the effort is by offering help. Um, of course, we're not going to say we're not going to do it for them. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, let's say it is a student who uh, I don't know, let's say they're working on multiplication. You might say something like if you if you kind of have a feeling either a problem behaviors are about to begin or you mm-hmm. want to get ahead of it and really give them some reinforcement for starting their work or something, you know, or doing a decent amount on their own. You might say like. Oh, hey, you did the first four problems on your own. Why don't I, why don't you tell me the answers and I'll write it for the next one? You know, something like yeah. that, just to give them some help. Um, uh, that's, that's awesome. Cause I, I feel like a lot of teachers like, like just go in real in depth on like, you need to underline this, you need to like circle this, highlight yeah. that. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I've seen so many papers like, what, what's it like? I've seen so many papers where it's like, you know, what's the answer, but you didn't show any kind of 
going back in and, and, and mm-hmm. figuring things out. And then at the end of it, it's like, justify your answer. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, some of this stuff does get pretty intense. And it's like, you know, I sit here and read it as an adult, and I'm just frustrated with it. Right. You know? So, could you imagine, you know, trying to uh, provide that to a student? Right. It's like, what? is this <laughs> yeah you know? listen i still have to ask for help from some teachers when i'm teaching fifth grade math so i, I can't I even imagine too. high school <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I like they got me uh teaching a uh what they call fit time it's an intervention class for sixth grade math and i'm just like there's some things i'm like oh wow like i, I haven't seen it since sixth grade so. right and it's probably changed, so that yeah. makes it even more confusing. Exactly. So, I mean, and that's those are some of the things that we got to keep in mind. You know, uh, I always look at it from this is like, um, even in the the behavior world, sometimes sometimes we as specialists we tend to geek out on our on our content, and it goes completely over teachers' heads. Right. And, you know, it's like we got to almost slow that down. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, it's there and, and I definitely, definitely love these strategies. Um, I'm, I thank you for coming on today. Oh, sure. Thanks for um, having me. If you know someone who needs to hear this, share it with them, send them a text message, a DM, an email, put it on all your social media platforms and tag me at hardcore behaviors. Also, keep the five-star reviews coming over on iTunes. It helps teachers find the show so they get an opportunity to make the decision to grow as well.